Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash BoostByTaxDay to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.
In the last one week in Parliament, there has been a debate, a debate that has been raging for decades. But now there is some action on the floor of Parliament where a member has introduced a bill that is seeking to scrap the death penalty. But not everybody agrees with him. And now because the parliamentarians are beginning to engage it, it's becoming one that we need to pay attention to as well. I'm talking about the death penalty. Is a debate between scrapping it or retaining it. And we're going to get into the discussions that the MPs have been having and where we are with consideration of the particular bill in order to have an impact on our judiciary, but also parliament itself, but the justice delivery system as a whole. Let's get into some of the specifics um, as far as the, this particular proposal is concerned that parliament itself has been uh, considering over the last few days. The MP in question is Francis Xavier Sosu. Before he became a member of parliament, he was a human rights activist, he's a lawyer, and he is determined to push the point. Introducing this private member's bill on the death penalty, but also he has made a fundamental case that these acts must be amended. And he's introduced the bills to that effect. On the 28th of June 2020, he brought this to the attention of Parliament, and it's now something that Parliament is considering. And he simply wants to abolish the death penalty. But we'll interrogate it a bit more, because as you will see also, he nonetheless wants to give room for the death penalty in cases of high treason and treason. The question to ask is, you're either abolishing it or you're not. Why are you making exceptions? He will join us for a conversation here on PM Express. But there is more to this because others have joined him in, in pushing Ghana to abolish the death penalty. Amnesty International has been campaigning globally for the abolishment of the death penalty since 1985, indeed. And so they are very happy with what Francis Xavier Susu is attempting to do in Parliament, is taking some action. There's been a lot of talk, there's been a lot of debate. Nobody has actually managed to go beyond the talk and introduce something of substance that will get the MPs to start a conversation. But that's what he's doing. But Amnesty International makes the point. Their position is really, really simple, that it is a breach of fundamental human rights particularly the right to life. Also, that as far as this matter is concerned, under the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, they also find that to be an affront to it, and it cannot be reversed when the alleged person is exonerated. So if you place somebody on the death row and he's eventually executed, and then later down the line, you discover that he was innocent after all, what do you that is already dead? There are cases like that around the world, and those who support the abolishment of the death penalty, always cite these cases where people have been executed only for the cause to later on posthumously declare them innocent of the crime for which they've been executed. And that is a fundamental reason why the Amnesty International and others are pushing this. But is Ghana really ready for this type of a sweeping abolishment of the death penalty in our particular circumstance? We'll get into that pretty shortly. But there's a point I need to raise. When you hear Amnesty International raising the point about, you know, the existence of the death penalty is actually an affront to the right to life, our Constitution says something very completely 
different. Because under our laws and in the supreme law of the land in the Constitution, the right to life is not absolute. It has limitations. And that limitation is consistent with what you see in this particular clause in the Constitution in Article 13.1. You have the right to life, yes, but that life, that right can be curtailed under the law. And the Constitution tells us the conditions under which this will happen. It includes you can indeed be execu- executed if a court actually finds that you should be, as it imposes the sanctions for a criminal offence under the laws of Ghana of which he has become convicted. So this is very, very clear. So in Ghana, yes, there is your right to life is guaranteed, but it's not absolute. So the constitution makes this absolutely and abundantly clear. And that's something that Amnesty International um, has been asked before, has, has put to them, but they insist that the fact that this exists doesn't take away the fact that fundamentally the right to life is, is sacrosanct, of course. But that's where we have other members of parliament who are also raising the counter-argument. One of them is Cletus Avoka. His counter-argument is simple, that the constitution um, makes that provision, which is just read there. Scrapping the death penalty says, we'll just embolden criminals to misbehave uh, the, the death sentence Indeed, in these matters, you can appeal against it. And if indeed the court hears the matter and there's merit in it, they will reverse before it goes to uh, actual execution. So there are people who are opposed to it, like Lessons of Voka. But Amnesty International um, has, has, has told us historically why they believe fundamentally Ghana needs to let this go. Because really, it's been on our books, but for 30 years we haven't executed anybody. And yet, we have as many as 172 people who are on the death row currently, ending 2022, that we haven't executed. Why? So if we aren't executing them, and we haven't done so for 30 years, then what's the point of having it there? We are absolutely... That this is not something that we can implement. This is not a law that we, we, we still have the courage and the conviction to go ahead and execute people. So take it off then, completely. Don't keep it on the books. And if you look at the trend here, the, it, it tells a story of, of the point that um, Amnesty International is making. Because if you track the numbers, it tells you that since uh, 2010, we've been having a lot more people being placed on the death row because they, the courts are still finding people guilty of criminal offenses that come with the death penalty and imposing the maximum penalty of death uh, on these individuals. And it, it keeps growing. 2012, we had the highest number of people being convicted and placed on the death penalty. And as you've already seen there, the number is 172, right? That we, they've been on the books for 30 years. We haven't uh, managed to get them executed, although they've been on the death row. So what's happening to them and what do you do? There's an argument by Amnesty International that push for the law to be abolished and then let the law take retrospective effect. Everybody else who have been convicted and carried on death row, sentences should be commuted to life imprisonment, which, by the way, is what Francis Xavier Sosu is also pushing. And as you can see there, um, we have people, as, as, uh, as of 2022, we have seven people um, who have been convicted 
and have been placed on the death row. And this is as, as, as latest as that. So it's very possible that this year we may have that, but this is what the data tells us as of now. So clearly, there's some disjoint, some disconnect between what the law says and what the authorities are committed to do. They have the courage, the conviction to actually go ahead and execute people. It appears they don't. So if you don't, why don't you just scrap it, is the argument. And again, if you look at what is happening on the other, on, in the other countries on the continent, it, it appears that the trend is towards abolishment because we have 26 of the 55 African countries who have already abolished, already completely abolished the uh, death penalty. Then we have a, a further 15 of them who are simply introducing a different approach to this. They have implied they impose a moratorium, a long-term moratorium on execution. We haven't done any of the two. We have not abolished and we have not placed a moratorium. We've simply avoided executing people, although we continue putting people on the death row, as I've expected for you in the statistics. And then you have 15, including Ghana, and we retain the death penalty on our books. We need to have a conversation because as we see the countries in the world where death penalty is something that they use on a daily basis, the highest comes in, in China where a thousand people have been executed just between 2017 and 2020 alone. These countries, they really take the death penalty seriously. And if you find yourself on the death penalty there, you are sure to go to be executed. And then you have a country like Iran, where 576 people have been executed. You have Saudi Arabia, you have Egypt uh, on the continent, by the way, the highest so far on the continent, uh, where you have as many as 24 people executed in the U.S. as well. That's the case in some of the states there, Singapore, uh, Iraq, uh, Kuwait, uh, Somalia, and in South Sudan. So three African countries there. But if you look at the numbers, uh, pretty small in terms, if you compare it to, say, China and to Iran and others. On the continent of Africa, we, we, we have a tendency not to be um, as committed to the laws on our books for those who have not repealed it to go ahead and execute people. And so the debate is scrap it. But there's a counter-debate there. Retain it. Tonight we're going to hear both sides, especially now that Parliament is considering this uh, on, on the back of uh, Francis Xavier Sousa's private members bill which is before the house please stay with me as we get into these details your luxury. What if you could enjoy ultra luxury in the environs of Sakumono? What if you could have a share of affluence all to yourself? Step into our five-bedroom executive Ohima suite or our four-bedroom Oyster Asantua space or our four-bedroom plush Kukwa unit and discover a whole world of possibilities. It's not just a building, it's a promise of a dream come true. Cherry Tree Properties. We develop spaces as though we were going to occupy them ourselves. Reach us on 0553-662-366 or 0544-2994.
Sipa. Nansabe na unumi. Risky. Washe. All of a sudden, your voice are different. And when you say a call. Batman, bring me the honey whiskey. You know the one? Black Rock Whiskey. Honey Whiskey. Shale, honey near their frow. Black Rock Whiskey is strong. Now to taste me is smooth. And it goes down easy. Excuse me. Batman. Batman. Bring my friend one Black Rock Whiskey. Black Rock Whiskey. Blended with natural honey flavor. Hey, what's up? Batman. Black Rock Whiskey, Tabby, the feel is smooth, National. Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 years of age and not recommended for pregnant women. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to demonstrate to you the superior properties of flamingo paint. As compared to other paint brands on the market, we take equal quantities of flamingo paint and this ordinary paint. We then dilute them with water. And now, let the test begin. The gentleman on the left is going to apply the ordinary paint, and the gentleman on my right will use the flamingo superior paint. As you can clearly see, flamingo has the obvious better hiding. Furthermore, flamingo has painted a much larger area you know one bucket of flamingo paint is equal to several buckets of any other paint brand on the market flamingo paint is made with superior formulation to give superior durability superior hiding superior coverage flamingo paint simply superior daddy daddy Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Daddy? Daddy? Oh, this tank is Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface like this. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Oh,
Equibank salary account, oh, bro. See, with the Equibank salary account, you will enjoy free life insurance, oh. free debit card, save while you spend, and an amazing chance to double your salary. A hundred seven, oh, and even more consolation rewards in the Equibank double salary promo reloaded. Vimwo, this Equibank salary account sounds interesting. Oh. What do you think? Uh, 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 yeah. But maybe next time, Charlie, you know what? I had a good shine my shoe. Yo, myself, I had to go check my baby. We going up, never go down, and we stay flat. Open an Ecobank salary account today for a lifetime of benefits. You also stand a chance to win more than double your salary in the Ecobank double salary promo reloaded from now till July 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Under the supervision of the National Lottery Authority under the Caritas Lottery Platform. And thank you very much for staying with us here on PM Express. My guests have joined us for a conversation in the studio. I would uh, introduce them to you pretty shortly, but remember that PM Express is always brought to you by Cherry Tree Properties. We develop spaces as though we are going to occupy them ourselves. Also, it's brought to you by Syntex Tank. It is strong, it is tough. Alomo Bites experience greatness in every moment, and the Ghana AIDS Commission also. And I uh, just want to give you a bit of detail on Syntex Tank because no matter your water needs, Syntex Tank has it all. Syntex Tank is first to introduce the double-layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank is first to introduce white inner layer uh, tanks in Ghana. We now introduce uh, to you the customer specs order, which lets you order any color and size of preference. Syntex Tanks gives you the longest warranty of seven years which no other time gives you in Ghana. So what What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Ever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, you need to choose Syntex Tank. We have agents nationwide 
Call them on 0244-335-168 or shop online at syntexgh.com. A is strong, A is tough. And then let's talk about passion. Because at Cherry Tree uh, Properties, we believe in building with passion. Because disaster just wishes. Beauty is a promise of happiness, but passion is a real deal. Thinking about buying a new home, you talk to those who build with passion. Sloan Square is what I introduce to you. It's a new gated community development at Sakumono. It's developed by Cherry Tree Properties, a one-of-a-kind, well-planned luxury you've never experienced. Call them on 0553-662-366, 0553-662-366. Cherry Tree Properties, sophistication and class. In the studio with me is Francis Xavier Susu. He is lawyer and MP for Medina Constituency. Thank you very much. And Kletos Avoka, a good friend of mine, former Minister for the Interior and MP for Zebela. And I'll start with you, Francis, because you introduced this private member's bill in Parliament. Uh, let's start with the very latest on that. Was it last week that it, it came to the floor? It, that is correct. I mean, last week was the second time it came to the floor. Uh, it had already been read the first time and referred to the Constitutional League and Parliamentary Affairs Committee. So the committee, upon conclusion of its work, uh, laid its report before the House. Usually before the report is laid, um, the a motion is moved for the second reading. Then in seconding the motion, the report is laid for consideration of the House. Mm. So essentially what we did last week uh, was to move the motion. So the debate is yet to conclude, and then the Speaker will put a question for the second reading of the bill. And then you're hoping that there'll be more people saying, agreeing with you to repeal the law. That, that is what I hope. Uh, to, I mean, I, I'm, I'm confident that that is what uh, would happen. Okay. Uh, once the uh, speaker comes and takes over mm. and, and puts the question, yes. Uh, let me bring in Mr. Avoka. Mr. Avoka, thanks for joining us. Will you be one of those agreeing when the question is posed that the law that we've just detailed should be repealed? No, thank you, Evans. Uh, good evening to your viewers. And uh, your good self, and my very able colleague, Honorable Francis Susu. Uh, I am against the abolition of the death penalty in the static books of Ghana. And I hold that view very firmly with a lot of others in Parliament. And, and why is that? Well, the arguments are many. And the proponents of the bill that want to abolish the death penalty in the statute books have not been able to convince me and many Ghanaians that this is the best option for us at this time of our uh, political, economic, and social dispensation in the country. What are the arguments in favor of the abolition of the death penalty in our statute books? They started by talking about human rights. Uh, you indicated earlier when you were introducing the topic that uh, it's against human rights to take the life of somebody. Now, there are two sides of the coin. If it is against a human right to kill somebody, then what about you have taken somebody's life without a trial, without provocation, without justification? What about if you are caught and then you go through a process, a rigorous process, a laborious process, a long process, and then found guilty? After you have been found guilty, we even have the opportunity to appeal, to appeal a court of appeal, the Supreme Court, etc. 
you have these opportunities. Yet you think that this is flawed. But somebody uh, uh, can just get up and then 2 a.m. or 1 a.m. get to somebody's house, forcefully break into the house, then wake him up crudely from bed, he and his family, and then traumatize them. In the process, he kills the, the breadwinner of the house and goes. He is arrested. Even red, caught, he's caught red-handed. And still that he's, he goes through a legal process. Now, when they talk about judicial uncertainty, I say that what is certain on this earth? What is certain? Nothing is certain. There are, there are normally 1%, 2% extra plus or minus and the rest of them. If you compare murder trial to that of a civil trial, murder trial, as I indicated in the chamber, is composed of a jurors of seven people. And these are people who live in the same community like the accused person who is standing trial for the murder. Mm. They, have the same, they have the same lifestyle, beliefs, etc. with him. They are not technical people, so to speak. They are jury people. And then they empanel them, and the judge is ordered to direct them on points of law. But as far as the facts are concerned, several people are going to determine the fate of this uh, person who is standing trial. At the end of the day, the verdict of the jurymen or the jury persons must be unanimous. All seven of them must agree to the guilt of the fellow before he's convicted of murder. If one of them says he doesn't understand or he doesn't agree, the fellow is a free man. Even if he is, in fact, and he must be represented by a counsel, if he or his family cannot provide lawyer for himself, the state compulsorily gets a lawyer for him to defend him because they know, they still appreciate the fact that it's not easy to take somebody's life. He must, be, the, the, burden, the burden must be one that is proven beyond all reasonable doubt, without a shadow of doubt. These are the ingredients of a murder trial. So he has a lawyer to himself, then he has jurors to himself. Then the, 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 the decision or the vote of the jurors must be unanimous. Otherwise, he's, he's acquitted and discharged. Then even if he loses the case in the high court, then he has opportunity to appeal to the Court of Appeal. He has opportunity to appeal to the Supreme Court. This is the rigorous procedure that goes through murder trials. As compared to a civil case, where it is only one judge or magistrate who sits on the case, and at the end of the We've lost him there, um, but we'll, we'll try and reconnect. But he, he's making a very strong case, um, Francis, on, on the point that somebody takes somebody else's life without due process. And yet, you say that even when the person is taken to due process, with all the details that he's laid out there, that ensures that he has a fair trial and he's convicted and sentenced to death, he should still be spared when he's taking somebody else's life. Well, um, once again, a very good evening to my cherished uh, people in Medina, as well as... Um, my learned senior, um, and to quickly say that the advocacy here is not to free prisoners or to free offenders. Um, the case is not that people who commit offenses that will carry death penalty should be freed. That's not what we are saying. We are saying that life sentence is punishment 
enough. You know, many people have not had a chance to travel to prisons in Ghana. If you go to Isawan prisons and you visit where people live in the prison and you visit the, the condemned cells where people who are convicted for these crimes are kept, you probably will think a bit differently. And now, I think let me make it very clear that the, the major argument I keep hearing is the fact that we say somebody killed and he doesn't have human, and the one that is killed does not have human rights. That is, and, and that is, when you take the report of the Committee on Constitutional Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Committee, that was laid before Parliament on the 6th July 2023, no such argument was made. Indeed. By those who opposed. No, no, no. I mean, by the, you know, so, you know, he, he, I mean, I think he premised his argument on the fact that those who are supporting mm-hmm. are saying that they cite human rights. And I'm saying that when you take this report, a really, really great job has been done with this report. And so the proponents, you've not, and, you've and, not put and, forward and, a human, and human rights human right has not been canvassed, even though there are rights issues. But that is, that is not what we are interested in right now. Look, But fundamentally, Evans, Evans, beyond, beyond legalities, yes. if you kill somebody, yes. you deserve to be killed too. Evans, where... If the court no, finds you no, guilty... No, no, no. You see, Evans, where is this from? You take somebody's where, life. No, where, no, where, is the, where is the origin of if you take somebody's life, your life must be taken. Where the penalty must fit the crime. You, see, so you that, say so prison that, is high. No, no, so that, they say that, that, but the, the ultimate penalty is death. You, no. pre- prison, the fact that you are alive alone mm. is, is just good enough. Right? Well, you see, ever No matter see, how horrible the prison circumstance and conditions are, you are alive. Somebody had no chance. No, Evan, this is a, this is a, this is a truth. The reality today is that if you were convicted of any of the crimes that carry death penalty, you are confounded to prison and you are not killed. That is a reality. So it should be the case. You see, and, and that approach leaves two loose ends. One, the victim of the crime and the family members of this I mean, the family members of the victim never would have closure because... Mm, that's it, not exactly true. Well, it is. Because if you, if you say somebody should be killed by hanging and the person is kept in prison and not hanged, how, how do I... If I were in court and I was a family of a victim who has passed away or any other crime that was charged and the court says that you are hereby sentenced to death by hanging, and you're not hanged. And you're not hanged. So shouldn't you rather be no, complaining with so authorities no, to enforce so the law? I'll, no, I'll, be, I'll come there, you see, and you are not hanged. Not one year, not two years, not three years, ten years. You are still in prison. I don't have closure. That's the first one. Secondly, the person who has been convicted and sentenced to prison also has no closure. So it's two things. It's either we have the capacity, the temerity, to kill the people. But we have, we, or, we have the capacity. Or, or, we just don't want to do it. Or if we, if we don't want to do it, then we don't need the law.
That is what it means. No, but then, but the flip side is that maybe just like you spend a lot of energy to get a bill to repeal it, mm -hmm. we should spend a lot of energy to get the authorities to simply see, execute no, no, the that, people when they you know, you found know what, guilty. See, so, so that is impossible. You know why? Because we are. It's Ghana is not an island, right? We we are signatories to several international statutes, including the recent. Uh, voting by the president at the UN on in favor of the moratorium to end the use of death penalty. So it's not going to happen that we are going to kill. Now, secondly, Evans, you see, the argument is not only about merely keeping people because, they, uh, because they've gone through the rigorous process and have been found guilty. There are many times that judges get it wrong. Jury may get it wrong. Investigation may go wrong. And the possibility of that one person you can kill wrongly is the more reason why you don't need this. Because if, if the argument you are making right now is anything to go by, what it means is that anytime the state makes a mistake with killing of a person that they shouldn't have killed. Then, right from the one who signed the, the warrant to kill, to the prison officers who went for the person and brought the person, the police, uh, whoever was in that line, all of them must be killed. That is what it means, because then it's eye for eye, right? And in this country, recently when we were in parliament, one of the most compelling arguments I heard was that of Honorable B.T. Baba. Because before coming to parliament, he was a director of operations of the Ghana Prison Service. And he narrated a very sad incident of, you know, preparation of lists for purposes of killing those who were supposed to be killed. And it turned out that at one time, by a mistaken identity, somebody's name had been added to the list of people who must be killed and got killed here in Ghana. So... It's not something that is so far away from us. And that's the more reason why we might be more careful when we argue for retention of uh, death penalty. Secondly... So, yeah. Stay with me. Because yeah. You've canvassed there. Let me pull that fundamental point to Mr. Ms. Aboka, what do you say to that point? That point that mistakes can be made. But this is a mistake you can't reverse. Hey, I, I, tried to explain, I tried to explain that earlier. That is where they talk about judicial uncertainty. And I'm saying that in this world, there's no perfection. I, I mean, it's difficult to think that everything can be 100%. But one, there are people who confess to murder. So there's no issue of a mistake there. There are people who are caught red-handed. So there's no issue of mistake there. What should happen to those people? For example, um, your, your colleague, our very good brother, Swale, in traffic, they gunned him down. Yeah. Supposing good Samaritan were there and arrested these uh, uh, Asanis, these assailants. Supposing there were good Samaritan and arrested them there. Watertight evidence. Two, they come to your house midnight and then kill you in the process, on the process of robbing you. They are surrounded by police and they are arrested. Where is, the, where is the uncertainty in those cases? Three, look. In this society now, where there's contract killing, the danger is that if we pass this law now, if we pass this law now, we are going to open the society 
to criminals in the first place. That means we have lost the battle for safety and therefore we are open to for criminals. Secondly, we are going to give Ghanaian communities leeway to, to exert self-help and to do a justice on mob action, mob justice on, on, on the spell of the moment. Because they will say, ah, if, if we send him to court, nothing will happen. They will only imprison him and then he had the chance to come out. So let's kill him. We are going to lose more innocent people. We are going to lose more lives if this law is actually implemented. If this uh, bill comes into law, many people already they have a jaundiced view or they have suspicion and mistrust about the judicial system. You go and add this now that, in fact, if you kill somebody, uh, the law will not take your life. After all, uh, it's, uh, the, the, the fellow will be there so that he can be reformed. Evans, there are three principles of this uh, jurisprudence. They talk about deterrence, they talk about retributive, and then they talk about reformation. Mm -hmm. My colleagues are only talking about reformation. The fellow who has committed murder, he can be reformed. What about the element of deterrence in society? What about the element of retributive? Because there are three ingredients. One, you are talking. What about the two that are against you? Deterrence is against you. And the courts even say that when they want to punish somebody because to serve as a deterrent to others, his good record becomes immaterial. His previous good record becomes immaterial if they are going to punish you to serve as a deterrent to people in the society because that type of crime is commonplace. We are in an era where contract killing is common. We are in an era where armed robbery is common. We are in an era where, um, uh, like the, the, the police that have killed these two days, one in Jamestown and one at uh, Ablikuma, how do you countenance this type of conduct? Well, Mr. Avoka, currently, currently, in 30 years, we haven't executed anybody on that row. We have 172 cases. Yes, I agree with you, yes. So, I mean, we haven't killed anybody for the past 30 years. Why rock the boat? But, but, the, but the effect of why, that why is... Why rock the boat? The effect of why that is that, maintain, that... Why don't we maintain the status quo? But the effect of that is that that law... That law is actually a paper tiger. It's actually not something we are willing to implement. So why don't you just take it off? Let know that we are not willing to implement. Let it be there. It will serve the purpose one day. Let me give you this example. In 1973, I, I, I was in the law faculty. 1973. You recall, uh, you would have been young or thereabout. Definitely but there was young. this guy, this prominent lawyer in Sunyan called uh, lawyer, uh, Dr. I.L. Ohenijan. Ohenijan is alleged to have murdered his house help or so. And then during the course of the trial, the lawyers gleaned through um, the criminal procedure code and came by a provision on, on a plea bargaining. So they had to negotiate with the attorney general uh, on the ground of plea bargaining and the rest of them because the advantage is that you cut short the trial, you admit certain things, and then they also forgive you on certain things, and you, you come to terms, you come to a middle line. Look. Since 1960, it was until 1973, 75 that that provision was being invoked. So look, you, you talk about um, you sent people to life. Look, a crazy president can come, not even a crazy, it is normal that every year the president of the country grants amnesty to criminals, people who are on, on death, uh, death sentence, etc. He can do so. Imagine you losing a loved one three, four years ago. Your breadwinner is lost. Yeah, the pain, the anxiety, the anguish, the loss you have suffered. Then three, four years time, the grand such a fellow amnesty, he comes a rumor about. What will the family do? The bill does not take care of the victims. 
It does not provide for the state to compensate victims where there's abundant evidence that they have actually intentionally taken the, the life of his spouse. It doesn't provide any cushioning. It doesn't provide any leverage for the victim's family. There's no balancing act. It is just one way. Uh, don't kill anybody again and that type of thing. I think if we do that, we are going to surrender the Ghanaian society to criminals. To, we are going to make sure what is going to happen is that many Ghanaians haven't lost faith in the judicial system. This will now worsen the situation and everybody will now uh, undertake what we call mob justice. They arrest somebody and they kill him. Let, let me pull that question of deterrence to him. Where is, yes. the, well, where is the deterrence now, now to murder, no, no, all, if you take this no, off? No, no, now, first of all, Evans, let me put this in the right con I mean, context. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, uh, with all due respect to my learner senior, much of what his canvas on the shoe is appealing to, one, uh, emotion, and being very emotive about it. Secondly, um, very, very speculative. You see, we don't make laws based on speculations. And we don't make laws based on just emotions. Laws must be made based on research and available information. Look, we are in West Africa. Uh, Togo has abolished their penalty. So? No, 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 I'm coming. I mean, Togo has abolished their penalty. Cote d'Ivoire abolished their penalty. Burkina Faso has abolished their penalty. Did you ever hear that there's any research that shows that once they abolished their penalty, the country was handed over to criminals? No, no, no. Not only that. But go see, to Burkina not, Faso. No, no, not go only that. No, no, I'll come back the to Burkina Faso. The crime rate in Burkina Faso is, no, is off I, the chain. No, no, no. You I checked. No, no, no. I checked. For fun. No, no. You see, I checked that. We are surrounded by countries that are struggling. Many will say, now we know why. No. With security. No, that is false. You see, that is false, unless you have a research to back. No, I'm not talking about, it's, it's, we, we read the stories, we know the statistics, no, no, that, we are surrounded no, by countries overridden by terrorists. Evans, Evans, listen. Who kill people for fun. Evans, And that Evans. is why our borders are inundated with people running no, away from Burkina Faso and other places into the no country. There is no empirical basis to prove that it is just because these countries took away their penalty. There's no empirical basis to prove that. Rather, yeah, but, but if there is no, you see, but there's no death penalty no, there. No, 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 you see, rather, and we have a crime no, no, you see, rate rather, that is very, very high. No, no, you see, rather, rather, as we speak today, if you want the comparative analysis, mm -hmm. which was provided as part of the work of the committee, mm -hmm. you will see it clear. In fact, countries that have abolished death penalty generally across the world are the most peaceful. I'm talking about Africa. No, no, but let's see those countries. No, no, I, I'm not going. I, I, I won't give you those peaceful countries right now. I'm, I'm comparing rates within the United States of America. Yeah, because in the U.S., in the U.S., at the federal level, they still retain death penalty, mm. but at the state levels, and that's why it's a good example. Because at the state level, there are several states that have abolished death penalty. Others retain death penalty without using it. But for a consistent studies that have been done in the U.S. for the last, from 2010 all the way to 2019, when they compared these two countries and look at rates of violent crime, consistent... Which, which two countries? No, rates of two, two, I mean, rates of states that retain their penalty and states that do not retain their penalty. Yeah, but, but that's the U.S. I don't think that is a, it's a, it, we are comparing like for like. What, what, has happened, what has happened in the African countries, very like us, 
with the same economic circumstance with the with people's having the penchant to take so, other person's life for five cities no, so, in this so, country. So so so, 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 so what's so, the story? Evans, Evans. We have Angola, Benin, yeah. Burundi, Kevet, Congo, Cote d'Ivoire, Djibouti, mm. Gabon, Guinea-Bissau, Madagascar, Mauritius, Mozambique, Namibia, Rwanda, Sao Tome, Senegal, Seychelles, South Africa, and Togo. Yeah, we know that. No, so my question is that... So what about the deterrence argument? You're saying that no, in, see, in, there is in no, the U.S. example, you, know, you take off the death penalty... And that actually leads, we still have a low crime rate. You know, you the deterrence argument. Let me respond to the deterrence argument. What is the situation there? Let me respond to the deterrence argument. There is no evidence whatsoever that shows that at the time a person is committing a crime that would have death penalty, there is the person contemplates the use of a death penalty against that person. But you rather have that. Than not have it at all. No, no, no. You see, no. The reason I'm saying that is that you, I mean, you, you should be able to have that link. If the link is not there, it's not there. In fact, the, uh, researches have been done across many African subregions, and I mean, I don't. I, I can't provide all the researches, but I can provide them to you. That shows that there is no correlation between the existence of death penalty and crime generally. The factors that affect or what lead people to commission of crimes, it has nothing to do with whether or not you retain a death penalty on a studied book. But, but surely, don't. deterrence is an important part of law enforcement. No, no, but you see, but why? It's why we have laws no, in the so, first place. Okay, so, so, no, no, you see, you know what? Do you know, do you know that smuggling in gold and diamond carry death penalty? Death penalty? Yes. I don't know. Yes. Which part of our law says if oh, you smuggle gold, you, you Oh, yes. You I mean, there are five main offenses that carry the penalty under the Criminal Offenses Act. Murder is just one of them. Mm -hmm. Which are the others? Attempted murder is one. Piracy is one. Genocide is one. And then smuggling in gold and diamond. As I speak to you now, any attorney general, and if I were attorney general, and I really want to target somebody, I can frame a charge of smuggling in gold and diamond on account of all these galamsey issues that are happening. And people could be killed. But that hasn't happened. Well... That's hypothetical. You know, it's never happened. You see, so but much, much of what he's conversing is hypothetical. You see, we, we forget that that hypothesis can go either way. And let me use the platform to warn. And the reason I say I'm warning is that, look, Evans, check the statistics in Ghana. Since... Independence. When you check the statistics in Ghana, since independence, Ghana has executed, until, until the 992 constitution, Ghana has executed 37 people. Mm. 37 people, including a head of state. Mm -hmm. And when you check the 37 people who were killed, it was mostly during military regimes. The point being? No, 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 no. So, like it was mostly during military regimes. I'm saying that in all civil regimes, the need for the use of a death penalty has never been invoked as much as it has been used during military regimes. And, and the point that, that, no, no, I, I, no, I'll come there. And the very last time there was execution in Ghana, which was the 17th July, uh, 2020, uh, uh, 1993, and since that time, within this fourth republic, no government 
has ever been able to use the death penalty. What I'm saying is that the death penalty generally, for the countries you mentioned where they are used, they are mostly, mostly, mostly weaponized tools for political vindictiveness. That is what, in fact, you can check it. Recently, you know, you know, uh, 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 Miami, mm. Miami in Asia, they kept those book, uh, laws on their statute books for 42 years. They never used the death penalty. But just last year, last year, when there was a military takeover in Miami, you know what happened? The military took up over in Miami. Four of the leaders were killed, including yeah. activists. Let, let, let me put that. Let, 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 let me finish that, that last one. You see, and that one, that's why you know why in, 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 in Burkina Faso, mm -hmm. when there was a coup, recently there were two coups in Burkina Faso. Mm -hmm. You know why they could not, I mean, activate their penalty provisions in, in 2022? Because in 2018, they had abolished. The death penalty. Let me put that to Mr. Kletterswak. Mr. Kletterswak, he's right, is he not? Because if you look at the countries with the highest rates of executions since 2017, the list makes for very interesting reading. Those are the countries that we know routinely victimize and target their political opponents and dissidents. China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, where Jamal Khashoggi was, was murdered. It, it's, it's something that they do. Is he not right that if you look at the history of this country, for example, it is in our collective interest to get rid of this before we have the next tyrant? Evans, let's limit ourselves to our society. Let's limit ourselves to Ghana. Now, we are in the process of passing a law on LGBTQ+. Will China pass such a law? Will Iraq and then uh, Iran and Egypt, will they go there and talk about those laws? They will not. So for goodness sake, let's limit ourselves to our society, to our country, and then deal with issues that will help us to develop politically, socially, economically, rather than this blood protein. For example, you talk about Western countries and then the uh, European countries, that they have abolished the death penalty, extra, extra. In those countries, armed robbery is virtually non-existent as compared to what we have in Ghana. In those countries, contract killing is virtually non-existent or comparatively lower than we have in this country. They have their society that are disciplined. Look, let me give you this example. Until about 10 years ago, um, road traffic accidents, if you drove a car and killed anybody, they charge you with careless driving, negligently causing harm, etc. With time, we amended, on fact, we changed the Road Traffic Act and added murder that you can be charged with murder if you involve yourself in certain types of accidents. For example, there are young, there are students on the road, maybe organizing a demonstration or having a festival. You drive your tipper or articulated truck and come and kill 20, 30 of them. It is, they check your vehicle and you don't have any mechanical fault, nothing. Then you just did it intentionally to cause mayhem. That is why we passed that law in Parliament in Ghana here, saying that there are certain road accidents, if you get involved in there and take human life, they'll charge you with murder. Mm. We passed that law. So, I mean, if we talk about uh, growing tribute to other countries, for example, if you talk about Togo, Burkina Faso, and then Africa, like Cote d'Ivoire, comparatively, these three countries, as mentioned, and Ghana, which of them have a better human rights record? Which of them? Ghana. If you go to Upper East region now, it's full of refugees from Burkina Faso. It's virtually becoming a failed state.
Somebody can say it because they have taken out their pen and that's why everybody is now going around killing people free. Togo, what is the human rights record? Lakota, what is the human rights record? So we should not bless our, uh, try to uh, glorify our kids by referring to countries that have no good example. They have no good example as far as human rights are concerned. Mm. Even if you go to their forest reserves, and then you, they, they, they just check on your car, and then blood stain on your car, then you are going to prison. There's no question of I mean, uh, uh, proving your guilt. They say well, once they have seen blood stains in the, on the, on the, 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 uh, in your car, then you have killed the animal. Animal, who, then that's intentional, and therefore you go to prison. They don't, they don't ask for witnesses and what and what not. So we should not compare this country to our country. Ghana, we are blessed. We have human rights. We have a very stable constitution. But we are saying that, given the circumstance we find ourselves now, where contract killing is common, where intentional murder is common, look, let the law remain as it is. Yeah, Mr. Boka, time, we can visit. Mr. Boka, eventually, yes. this will come to a vote. Do you have enough members who are aligned with your view to kill this oh. attempt to repeal the law? Last week, with my colleague there, my very good brother Susu will tell you. Last week, when we when the the motion was the the, the was, was made on the floor of the house, we, this, the, those who wanted to retain the law, we are going to carry the day. Asking MP was in Parliament on that day. We are going to carry. He himself was afraid, but the speaker practically put. I mean, did not put the question. He just said because he looked at the, 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 the channel of debate. I carried the whole house. Virtually 80% of those MPs who were there believe, you know, agreed with me on, the, on these issues. That yes, we are not right to abolish this law. Let the law remain there for the rainy day. Let me add, let me follow. So oh, we in the case, it's very simple. That they would have won the case, you know, but... It, it appears he was, he was, saved, he was saved by the speaker. He was saved by the speaker. Ask anyone who was in the chamber that day. He was saved by the speaker. And the speaker was heckling me. And I had to draw the speaker attention to the fact that he, had, he was descending into the arena of debate. And no more acting as a speaker. You know, I challenged the speaker. So he was afraid to put the question. Otherwise, we would have carried the day. Mm. And I'm saying that anybody who listens to our argument, what, what argument has he given? What, what compelling reason has he given? Nothing. Human rights. They have abandoned that argument. I mean, the uncertainty in the judicial system. Look, Evans, look, this country that he mentioned, these Western countries, why are they manufacturing atomic bombs? What does an atomic bomb do? It kills without question. Why are they manufacturing weapons of mass destruction? These same countries, the Americas, the UKs, and the rest of them, why are they manufacturing these weapons? To kill human beings. Will those human beings be tried at all? If they value life so much, why manufacture atomic bomb? Why manufacture mass weapons of mass destruction? Let, 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 me, let, let, me, let me pull the parliamentary issues about that. to him yeah, in the numbers. Me, he mentioned, no, you gave me a lot of time. He talked about BT Baba, Honorable BT Baba, talking about somebody's name was added to the prison's mm -hmm. list and then they were going to execute and whatnot. Yeah, this, is what not we are, this, is not, this is not what we are talking about, Evans. We are talking about people who have been arranged before a court of competent jurisdiction. They are giving all the opportunity, plus a free legal uh, uh, aid, mm. to, 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 to try them 
through a process and then the opportunity of appeal and the rest of them. If this is a military junta or something, they don't try the people and they, they smoke one name and add it. Is that what we are talking about? We are okay. talking about people who, who okay. are like, 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 we, we have a few minutes. We have a few minutes. I want, let, I want me, to, let me add. Let uh, me just say this. I, 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 I want to get a stop before, before I wrap up. It, it's essential that I do that. Right. It's essential that I do that. All I right. mean, from Francis, a quick clarification, though. Yeah. You make an exception in your bill for treason high treason, correct? That's correct. But why? I mean, either you want it abolished or you don't. No, no. Well, I think that, I mean, we must understand that the treason and high treason provisions in the Constitution are entrenched provisions. So that will take it you will a lot more effort require, to, to repeal. It will require a constitutional, I mean, amendment through referendum. That's number one. Number two, the, um, all the 176 people on death row today were all charged under the Act 29 with the Criminal Offences Act. Mm. And so, I mean, essentially, working on these ones without running into the constitutional challenges is a safer route. Is it, so you mean a practical impossibility because yeah, of then, all then, the bending down Yeah, second, you see, Evan, there are a number of researches which we cannot quote all here, but one of them uh, by Amnesty International from the, uh, the, the, the Islam prison here show that in 2006, 12 prisoners on death row were able to appeal their decisions. And half of them, 50%, were successful. And their convictions were overturned. What I'm saying is that if you go to Islam prison today, all the 176 people on death row, the possibility that if all of them could have the capacity to go to court for an appeal, some of them will have their, their death sentences over 10. It's really high. But if you do the background of people, I mean, in prison today, and you just suppose with sometimes um, the high cost of legal fees, for example, if you're on a felony trial, you need minimum 60,000 and maximum 120,000 before you can get a lawyer. If you are doing indictable I mean, for, trial, I mean, for the entire life of for, the for trial? For the trial, yes. And if you are doing a, appeal, criminal appeals, and you are appealing this one, you may have to appeal to court of appeal. Your, your minimum you pay is 150000 and your maximum is 240000 If you are moving from court of appeal to Supreme Court, the scale of fees is at 150000 to 300000 If you do a background search, an economic analysis of those people, and the fact that a number of them do not have even the capacity to appeal their sentences, you will realize that the possibility that you may have people there who shouldn't have been there will be really high. And then, Evans, let me quickly say that this whole idea of us advocating for the review of these laws didn't start today. Yeah, yeah. And this is not necessarily Francis Xavier Sosu's ideas. Indeed, but you've taken action. No, no, you see, you see indeed, in, 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 in 2010, the then president, Mills, set up the Constitutional Review Commission. And the commission did an extensive work. Today, I found uh, uh, this thing, uh, some hands in parliament, where it was Honorable Kletu Savoka, who was laying instruments on the Constitutional Review Commission. One of the recommendations by that Constitutional Review Commission was that we remove death penalty from our statute books. Mm. The then government, the then government under which he served, he said under the same government, yeah, but, but, the but government by, no, no, by, no, no, by a government white paper, 
You see, because a policy there's a distinction there. No, no, but the point he is that he served under a government. If the no, government no, took see, a position. No, no, but the government white paper. No, no, views. that's fine. It's okay to have he personal views. But the point is that when we're talking about policy making, sometimes we give our personal views for the general. The amendment to the tax laws uh, seeks to address uh, a number of things. One, to correct some anomalies in our tax laws. And uh, two, also to ensure that we improve on compliance. And in some instances, also to raise revenue for the development of the country. So if you look at the amendments of the tax laws, from the VAT, the income tax, the excise, and the growth and the sustainability. All is geared uh, towards these three objectives that I have mentioned. Rent tax uh, is, is paid by people who have rented out their properties. So once, and that is, means you're getting income from investments. So once you are earning income from investment, you are required to pay income tax. The income tax that we collect comes from three main uh, sources. That is from business, from investment, and from employment. So the aspect of the rent tax comes under investment. So if you have invested uh, in uh, properties and you are renting it out, the income you get from it is an investment income which you are required to pay appropriate tax on it. And the rent, the rental of the property could be either uh, for residential or commercial. So whichever way that you are getting income from rental property, you are required to pay tax on it. This has nothing to do with the age of the person. It, has, it is uh, income from the property. So once uh, you are earning investment income from the property, you are required to declare and pay the appropriate taxes on that. So that is uh, the Growth and the Sustainability Levy Act, which has uh, recently been passed. And in that law, Companies have been categorized into three. So we have uh, category A, category B, and category C. So depending on the category, then you will know the tax that you are supposed to pay. And as I explained, those in category A are mainly those in the telecommunication and bank. For them, they pay the levy at 5% of their profits before tax. So what it means is that if they prepare their account and they make a, they declare profit, 5% of that is paid as the growth and sustainability levy. Now those in categories B, they are mainly the extractive. For them, the levy is on their production and that the rate is 1%. So once you declare your production, 1% of that you contribute that one as part of the, uh, your contribution towards sustaining the economy. Then all others, all other entities are in the category C who are required to pay 
the levy at 2.5% of their profits. So what it means is that if the base is profits, if you don't make profit, you don't pay. You only pay when you make uh, profit. So for category A and C entities. Uh, it's, a, it's a proposal, so we'll discuss and see how uh, feasible it is. If you feel that it's, a, it's feasible for us to introduce, the uh, government will look at it and bring it on board. So in forums like this, we take uh, suggestions, and so once it comes, it will be considered, it will be tabled for further discussion and uh, see what is the way forward. After at the end of the day, we all want to ensure that we are able to mobilize required revenue for the development of the state. So whichever suggestion that comes,